Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and we're here in the studio uh, where we gather on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock, and we're studying the book of Galatians, and we're in chapter 5, so you can get your Bibles and and uh, get ready to follow along with us. If you're watching online, you can do the same. If you live anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texarkana, we have a lady that comes all, every week almost all the way from Shreveport, so... Uh, if you love the message of the cross, if you love God's Word, uh, learning the wisdom of the cross in God's Word, the power of God, then you should be here with us on Friday mornings at 9 o'clock and, uh, and just for one hour. And I encourage you to come and, and be here and, and you will be blessed. Uh, uh, I'm amazed at how uh, in the churches that aren't preaching the gospel. They have more people and more people that are faithful to what they are doing, kind of like the Muslim world. They're faithful to what they're doing. And I'd pray that God would quicken our hearts and let us uh, uh, come to understand that it's not just a mental thought process about the cross that gives us victory. It's our involvement in it that gives us victory. And that word's called obedience. And that means when we're, when we're walking in obedience, it doesn't release us from, uh, from works and, and doing things. No, there should be more and more, the Bible says, until that perfect day approaches. We should be, we should have a desire to be in church, a desire to be in these meetings, in these Bible studies, to learn more, to be equipped more. So I encourage you, if you can, be here on Friday mornings. And if not, then watch the archived messages. Everything we do here is uploaded to Curtis Hutchinson 316. That's our YouTube channel. So avail yourself to all that. And don't forget to pray for our Wichita Falls, Texas outreach program beginning next month. The second weekend of every month, we'll be at the Hampton Inn. 3217 Kemp Boulevard, right there downtown almost in Wichita Falls, Texas. So pray for that work. We're praying for a church to be started and for a preacher to be raised up there. And I want you to pray with us, thankful that you that you will do that. So before we dig in this morning, let's ask the Lord to give us what we need today. And before we pray, I want to ask you to join in with us. If you need a miracle, if you need a miracle, if you, somebody you know needs a miracle, uh, even if it looks impossible and you have never seen a miracle, I want you to believe God today for a miracle. I want you to believe God uh, today to see His hand move in somebody's life to change them, to bring forth that healing, that touch that they need. Can you do that today? I I believe you can if you'll just believe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be here, to have your word before us. We can look upon it with our eyes and we can trust that you will impart that to us today, which we need, that daily bread that we desperately need because you've declared that we live by faith, walk by faith, that we live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. I pray that there would be a greater hunger, a greater desire among your people, God, for your word, to learn your word, to learn to, to walk in the truth and to love the truth. And Lord, for all those that need that miracle today, I pray that you would reach forth the healing hand of your Son, Jesus Christ, and that you touch those individuals that need that healing today, that removal of those spiritual uh, infirmities, those uh, <clears throat> infirmities of, of sickness and, and all sorts of wrong things that are not your will. God, I pray that you would deliver from those things and that there would be testimony from that today. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Today is our day for a miracle because today is all we have. And we are to believe in miracles. Amen. So, here we are in chapter 5 of Galatians, and I always like to just stop and take a moment to realize why we're, uh, why did God, through Paul, write this letter and and we'll see today in the portion of Scripture uh, another great reason why he wrote this letter was not only to bring his people back to uh, the truth uh, in which they started in, in which the Spirit of God was given to them and began to move and work miracles and, and, and do many great and mighty things in the church there in Galatia, but uh, because the, the false doctrine had come in, it was also causing horrible things to happen in the church because if we move away from faith in the cross 
then the flesh begins to operate. And if the flesh begins to operate, horrible things happen. And that's basically what you've got in 99% of the church today. That's why there's church split after church split. Very few church splits are because of someone getting a hold of the message of the cross. It does happen. Praise God for those splits. We need more of those splits where people grab a hold of the message of the cross and other people won't go that way. So there's got to be a splitting of fellowship. But that's not what causes almost 100% of, of the splits in church today. It's because the church, not knowing the truth, moving away from the truth, has fallen into a place just of works and socialism and get-togethers. And that's all flesh. Even though those things can be good, they're all flesh. And listen, if we're so into the flesh, the Bible says you will emphatically reap corruption. And so that, the flesh is why all the horrible things happen in the church and the hirelings are hired and then all the things happen negatively in the church basically because folks don't know how to walk in the Spirit. Amen, Brother Curtis. And we're going to see that today. So remember, you can't just open the book of Galatians and read two or three verses and, and try to walk away with something unless you know what the letter's about, who it's to, why it's written. And I want you to know today, it's as, it's as relevant for the church today as it ever was when it was written then because there are more things uh, that, that are being uh, attacking the church, trying to pull us away from simple childlike faith in the cross to faith in the promise keepers, faith in the accountability program, faith in the purpose driven, the, the government of twelve, faith in the words you speak, faith in everything except the cross. And any of that will harm you, it will kill you, and it only allows the flesh to operate. And so we'll see that in the Scriptures today. I believe last week we stopped with verse 14 or 15, so we'll back up to verse 14 and, and, and move right along. But before we do, before we get started, just think about this as we read this. Paul just all of a sudden stops and starts talking about love. Because that's what we forsake, the true meaning and the operation and the experience of true love when we go back under flesh, when we're led by the flesh, when we forsake the cross, even though if we don't know we're doing it, it doesn't matter if you're ignorant of it or not. If you forsake the cross for something other, you think now that you can have faith in God through this other stuff, that it'll strengthen you. It won't. Only the cross was given for all that. But but if you go if you turn to any of that today, then you're not walking in the love that God has given you as a child of God. And I'll make a blunt and a bold statement before we dig in today. But if your faith is not in the cross, your faith is not legitimate. Therefore, it's not love that that faith you have is working by anymore. So that's not a that's not a a love that God placed in your heart. He placed his love in your heart when you placed your faith in what he did that manifest his love towards you, which was the cross of Christ. As long as you keep your faith there, you can love each other, you'll forgive each other, you'll be merciful to each other, you'll have words of grace seasoned with salt for each other, you'll you'll learn how to overcome those frustrated in times of turbulence that are going to happen around people anyway. Even if you are walking in the Spirit, the lust of the flesh are going to be there. But you can learn how to overcome and go on instead of being attacked and knocked down and then separating and, and mouthing and all that stuff that goes on in the church today. Can I get a witness in here? So that's a part of why this was written. <clears throat> and, and he doesn't just stop and just change the subject talking about love. No, love comes into play because if we're listening to false doctrine being carried away from the cross, we're, we're, the Bible says in the last days many will wax cold. Jesus taught it from love because iniquity abounds. And you and I today walk in a place where we're either being controlled because iniquity is abounding, or we're walking in a place called faith that works by love, Galatians 5, 6. But that only happens if our faith is in the cross and the cross alone. When we move away from the cross, then we move into a place where iniquity is abounding. Because it's not. It is a love, but you had a love for each other before you were saved. It just wasn't the love God has for you. And there is a difference. 
So, and so we need to pay attention to that. So verse 14, chapter 5, the Bible says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice, why does Paul say this? Why does Paul all of a sudden start talking about the law again? Because they're being told that they need to pay attention and obey the law to be saved, they, to be righteous before God. They need to be circumcised, so their focus is the law. So Paul says, listen, you, you can fulfill, you can fulfill the law in one word. Not circumcision, not anything you do, but by loving somebody else, other folk like you love yourself. That's why he says what he says. It's not just a good Bible verse. It's it, There's an issue here. And, and listen, listen, if you're listening to me today, you've either come out of the issue and you're fighting the good fight of faith every day, all day, to keep from going back under that issue. Uh, listen, that's why this is written. It's easy to fall prey back under uh, this this place that's being warned against, and he says, "But by but you shall love thy neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, and that's what's taking place. Take heed that you be not consumed one of another." See, if the message is not the cross, then there's no way to know. First of all, that you should be walking in the Spirit. And even if you know you should, there's no way to know how. If the message of the cross, if it's not the wisdom of the cross coming forth from God's Word, there's no way to understand what walking in the Spirit means. I remember years ago, <coughs> a lady who was called the, really the most spiritual person in that church was asked, and I was standing there, what it means to walk in the Spirit, and she said to love each other. No, that's the fruit of walking in the Spirit. But see, we never had the answer, and I'm, I'm afraid those people still, most of them still don't have the answer, that walking in the Spirit, to know what it means to walk in the Spirit, you gotta look back and see how you started walking in the Spirit. Because that's where you love each other. That's where you love each other. But before we get into that, let's look at verse 15 a little closer this morning. And the warning is coming to these people where there is false doctrine coming into the church and it's causing, uh, it's causing biting each other. We're talking about words here. We're talking about attitudes here. We're talking about clicks. We're talking about all those negative things. Mouthing, the gossiping, the, 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 the negative things. Not words seasoned with, you know, of grace seasoned with salt. Not, not being merciful one to another. Not loving each other. They might be saying, hey, I love you, but then they go over in the corner, and it don't matter what you tell folks. We tell, I tell folks all the time, good to see you, love you, see you later, and I love them. Uh, but I love them in the Lord. I love them through the Lord, in spite of their messed up ways, in spite of whatever, because we're all messed up, and, uh, but we love each other, not because we tell each other we do. We love each other because we show each other we do. Listen, by keeping our faith in the cross because that's the only avenue I can truly love you and experience the power of the Holy Spirit loving you in spite of what you say and do to me. Amen. The experience of love is by faith. And I'm, ta- I'm not talking about the, the worldly love that fills the church today that I'll love you if you love me. I won't talk about you if you don't talk about me. No, that's not the cross love. The love we get shed abroad in our hearts, Romans 5, 5, is a love that Jesus loved us with and gave himself for us by that faith. We can love each other no matter what they say, no matter what they do. And when false doctrine comes into the church, we can with a smile tell them or maybe with tears beg them uh, not to go that way because it's, that's not the way of the Lord. And that's what Paul is doing here. And, and what's, what's going on, think about this, false doctrine has come into the church. And it's caused people to begin to bite each other. Talking about words here. They didn't lay them down and start gnawing on their forehead with their teeth. We're talking about biting. We're talking about words. We're talking about uh, contentions and envy and strife and all these things. And, and, and they begin to devour one another. And Paul says this, Take heed that you be not consumed one with another. You look the word up when you get home today. Consumed means destroyed. They're destroying each other instead of loving each other. And listen, listen, you, you're called to love. Faith 
always loves. It works by love and it loves. And even if you have to remove yourself, turn yourself away from such as that, that only have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power of God, you still do that with love. You understand that? Because love is the manifestation of your true faith. But listen, everybody can tell each other they love each other. Well, not everybody, but... Uh, when we tell each other we love each other, it comes with a manifestation, or it better, of enduring, being merciful, being caring. And even if we have to disagree over Scripture, we can still love each other. Amen. But, but I'm not going to let you in the pulpit because I love you enough not to let you get up and make a fool of yourself. And I love the people too much to let something false get in the pulpit. And I'm the pastor. So I get to make that decision for Crossway Church while I'm here. And so uh, nobody's going to get in the pulpit that's going to deliver something other than what Paul preached, what Paul taught, because that's what we go by, amen? That, that's who God gave this revelation. And, and, and if you think about this, if, if you move away from the cross, even if you say you haven't, but if you're biting and devouring one another... There's something wrong with your faith because faith doesn't do that. Faith works by love. So go read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and see all the fruits of love. Rejoicing in the truth and never fails. and, and That's what your faith does. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we call it the chapter of love. But it's the manifestation of true faith because faith operates by that love. That's the love that drives your faith. So true faith has that manifestation of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Can I get a witness? Yes, amen. Good stuff, Brother Curtis. So love's not a feeling. Love's not an emotion. Love is something that's manifest through true faith in Christ and Him crucified that allows us to endure just like Christ did, forgive just like Christ did, love just like Christ did. Amen. <laughs> Don't like it in the flesh, but we're going to keep going and loving folk just like Jesus did. Not I know I should, but faith pushes the butt in the trash and keeps on loving. Not I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to take that butt and drive it away and, and, and do what Jesus... He's my example, amen? And my faith through the cross, in the cross, what He did for me there, gets me the fruit, the experience of what He did for me there. The butts mean I'm not walking in that. No, I should, but I'm not. No, I shouldn't do this, but I don't, you know, I'm overriding the plan of God. Amen? But no, we, 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 faith is your victory. So, watch this now. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And one of the commentaries that I was reading about this verse uh, brought this thought up about how wild animals and beasts, something like pit bulls or certain kind of dogs, when they get thrown together and they fight, one of them's dying. One of them's going to be destroyed. They're, they're not quitting until one is dead. And that's that really, that's the thought here. Listen. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one another. Take heed. Wake up. Realize what's going on. Somebody's going to get destroyed here. And that's not what love does. Even if you start believing the cross is not the answer and you, and you start going around telling people that, I'm going to have to love you enough to tell you, don't be telling that around here. That's not what we believe. And if you go, if that's what you believe, maybe you need to go somewhere else and tell that, but that's not what we believe. There was a guy here three or four years ago in our church and got irritated. I don't really know what it was about, to be sure. I could guess probably, but, uh, went out and started calling members of our church. Tell him, better watch him. He's preaching when I started preaching Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Because that's what Psalms 33, 4 says. So we started preaching it. And uh, they started. this guy started calling our church members. Tell him, better be careful with him. He's preaching things that's, that's, that's not right. And, and they called me, you know, on the phone, just in the background. Didn't come to me. Got on Facebook and started talking about me. Started getting on the phone, calling our people, talking. But didn't come to me. That's not love. That's biting and devouring. 
That, that's, uh, that's biting and devouring. That's, that, and eventually got out there and found some more people to team up with him and got on Facebook and they all pitched in and, and tried to tear us down and, and, and called, uh, uh, Baton Rouge even just trying to find somebody that'll come against us. But it was the truth we were preaching. It was the Word of God. So it don't matter who teamed up with you. You, you can't win if you're coming against the Word because it wasn't me they were coming against. If it would have been my opinion or my thoughts on a matter, that would be different. But it was the Word of God. You can't tear it down, the Word of God. You can make it of none effect for your own life. But if I'm believing it, you can't, you're, you can't destroy my faith. It's up to me. Andrew, my son, told me something pretty powerful the other day. He's in Bible college, and we were talking about King David. And he said, Dad, you know, David never really de- was defeated except when he defeated his own self. He was never defeated by anybody else. He defeated when he, only when he defeated his own self. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Because faith can't be defeated. If you're living in faith, you're going to love folk. I see folk all the time in, in Walmart that I know they don't really like me too much. But I smile at them just like I see them in church every Sunday morning. I'll hug them if they let me. I don't, and I'm not just putting on a show. That's because my faith is in the cross. The Holy Spirit empowers me to love. I don't have to run from folks, and I don't have to uh, put on a show. I can love them no matter. You know, a lot of folks. If you don't go to our church, you know, you're you're in, you've got issues. We all got issues. Amen. So that's the thought here. Uh, is that we don't devour one another. And look, and I got in my notes James 3.16. And again, these are things that happen when our faith gets moved from the cross. False doctrine can come in and test you. That's what happened here. False doctrine, the Judaizers, the, the legalists came in and, and begin to uh, say that you have to obey the law. You have to be circumcised. Well, what happens when you... Uh, these men come into your church that are of name and have status, and that's who it is. You don't, some crackhead off the street ain't gonna make his way in church on Sunday morning and change anybody's mind about anything. But it's people you honor and respect and sort of look up to that have been walking with God and they know the Word of God. They come along and all of a sudden they're telling you things and, and you have to go, well, wow, may, well, I wonder if, uh, maybe, and, uh, because that's what happened here. They were using the Word of God. They didn't just come in and give thoughts and opinions. They were using the Old Testament Scriptures without the knowledge of the fulfillment, believing the knowledge of the fulfillment that was in Christ and accepting what He did at Calvary. They wasn't accepting it, but they were still using the Word of God. That's no different than today. People saying, it ain't all about the cross, it's all about the Word. You can't separate the two. If you do, then the Word's not even functioning in your life. So what happens when this, these false doctrines move in and try to uh, move us away from the truth that has saved us? Uh, the, right here, James 3.16 says, For where envy and strife, and that is the biting and devouring, is because of envy and strife. Now notice a powerful scripture here. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion. And every evil work. <clears throat> every. Envy and strife is the door opener to confusion and every evil work. Here's why. Because if you're confused, that means you're just spinning in circles and you're not really sure about anything. That's what confusion is. I'm just not sure anymore. I was confused you know, some years ago, before I started hearing the message of the cross, I was confused. I was, I was even doubting that tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit was real. You can get that hurt. You can be under that much of an attack and beat down through what we're talking about right here. False doctrine. I was teaching it. I was in it. But I started seeing that they were going way farther into false doctrine than I was willing to go. So I got out. I remember leaving that church saying, Lord, thank you for getting me out of there. They're all messed up. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're as messed up as they are. And, 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 and these things were happening. Biting began and devouring began. And I got confused. 
I was standing there in that old warehouse. You've heard the testimony. A couple of buckets of hydraulic fluid, my Bible there. Standing there when I wasn't working, every free moment I had, I'd go put my Bible on there and open it. I, but I, I was so confused and hurt. I couldn't even really study the Word. Maybe you're listening today and you've been hurt so bad, you can't even find the power, the faith to study the Word. I got news for you and it's good news this morning. Look to Calvary. Look back to the cross there. Your hope will come alive again there. There, the calling that's on your life will come alive again. There, the love will begin to be shed abroad and function in your heart again. But only at the cross. Only at the cross. The cross is what removes all confusion. All backbiting. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament it says Jebusites and Gibeusites and, and the backbites are in there with them. The back, all the biting and devouring, it, 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 it is, it is never completely gone, even in cross preaching churches, but the answer is there for it. You'll always have, we recently had a, a dinner where we changed the way we did our Christmas, Thanksgiving and Christmas luncheon and dinner, and because we changed the way we did it, there are people behind the scenes. Have to learn to fight the good fight of faith and 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 keep their mouth shut, biting and devouring. Oh well, I didn't really mean any harm. Then zip the lip and keep moving, honey. Because just if you'll be thankful that we're eating together instead of how we're doing it. See, we let these little things come in and we begin to bite and devour. Why? Because we. And we said, well, and let me tell you something, Dave. Your faith ain't in the cross just because you're in a cross-preaching church. And just because you're preaching in a cross-preaching church don't mean your faith is in the cross every minute of the day. It's a constant fight of faith, faith, bringing every thought captive, every thought that exalts itself, that would push your tongue into flapping. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, I'm not being ugly. I'm making a point here. Even in churches that are preaching the right message, we can begin to uh, get involved in, in, in things that are just fleshly. If we're not looking to Calvary, you're, going, you're in the flesh. Anytime you're not looking to Calvary, you're in the flesh, operating in the flesh. You don't have to be a part of purpose-driven and, 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 and all those things that we name all the time. All you got to do is just start thinking of yourself a little more highly than you ought to. All you got to do is start feeling sorry for yourself. When you look to Calvary, you ain't going to feel sorry for yourself. Let me say something, and I just feel I need to say it. A lot of people, they come into the holiday season, and for some, the devil's lied to you and tell you that the holiday season's a time for you to get oppressed and depressed and, and get in the mully grubs. If you'll look at what the ho- this holiday season's all about, you won't go through it all in the mully grubs. It ain't about how much you can buy or can't buy for your family. It's not about what happened to some family member years ago on this, around this time of the year. It's about Jesus and Him coming to save us from our sins. And if that's what you make Christmas about, you'll go through it, hallelujah, all the way. Glory to God. <laughs> so the devil comes along, whispers in your ear, says, well, it's the holiday season. You know, you, you don't do good in the holiday season. Let me tell you something, devil, I don't do good any day unless I'm looking to Calvary. And then on that day, I do really good in Christ. Glory to God. All these excuses. People looking for an excuse. My excuse not to have to live that kind of messed up mess is Calvary. Amen. So, he says then, This I say then, walk ye in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, this is where it's going to get real good today. Because if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, we've heard that taught here at Crossway Church, and we've heard lots of other people, because of the cross being the object of our faith, uh, in many places today, not as many as there should be, very few compared to the numbers that be, but... 
if the Bible says that we'll, if we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, that means if we're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, we're not walking in the Spirit. It's that simple. So if flesh is controlling your life, if, if that tongue just can't quit flopping, can't quit biting, can't get divine, listen to me, honey, even if it's when you wait, if you hold it till you get home, it still ain't right. It's still not right. So let's, 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 let's hopefully hear some things from the Lord today. If one walks in the Spirit, they'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't mean that the lust of the flesh will not be there. It means we won't fulfill them. That means we won't bite and devour and consume one another. It means that we won't be confused and envy and strife will not rush in bringing every evil work with it if we walk in the Spirit. Everybody good so far? Amen. So... What we need to do is look back to Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, to see exactly what this walking in the Spirit, how it began. Because how it began is how we continue. You didn't start walking in the Spirit in one way, and now you walk in the Spirit in a different way. It's a walk. You began walking when you were born again. Watch this, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Notice the object. What they saw through the preaching of the gospel was Christ being crucified for them as if they saw it themselves, but it was by faith they saw. Remember, you don't see except by faith. So, and in verse 1 here, the Lord calls that obeying the truth. You can confirm this in Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. So, verse 2, This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law that you're being tempted by now, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Where did we begin? In the Spirit. We began walking in the Spirit. This has nothing to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This has nothing to do with works on our part. This only has to do with what Christ did for us at Calvary. Our faith in Him and His work there, that's where we began in the Spirit. And Colossians 2 and 6 says, As you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. Just like you received Him and you began in the Spirit, you have to walk in that same manner, faith in the cross. That is, walking in the Spirit is having faith in the cross. Simply put, that's it. It's not hard, my friend. But It's a good fight that you'll fight the rest of your life to keep your faith there so you can walk there. Because the lust of the flesh will never go away in your lifetime here. The lust of the flesh will never, ever go away in your lifetime here. Some lust of the flesh may go away, but you will always have a lust of the flesh, something going on in your life that you're going to have to walk in the Spirit to keep it from being fulfilled at all times. It doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been in the ministry, and how holy you think you are. You can't... Listen... It has to be the Lord working in your life. All this has to be the Lord working in your life. But the only way He works in our life is through faith in the cross. When the, when the people... The, listen, to, the, today's Judaizers are the purpose-driven, the promise-keepers, the government of twelve. All those books you can go down in the so-called Christian bookstore that tell you what you have to do for salvation. Or if you're saved and you need deliverance from some bondage, they tell you what you have to do for deliverance. That's all. What you have to do is law. What Jesus did is grace. It's that simple. 
So we began in the Spirit through our faith in the cross. And God called that obeying the truth. Now, I'm going to make a couple statements and you can take notes and you won't object uh, unless you don't know the message of the cross. And that's okay if you don't. But I want you always to take your Bibles and go check it out. There was a lady in, uh, we were somewhere recently and a little lady on the back row heard some things and you will under this message. Uh, that she'd never heard before. Went home, got her Bible and stuff out, and began to study the notes she'd taken in the meeting. She came back and she said, Wow, all that was in the Bible. And that's what we need to live by. We don't need to live by what some man says. We need to live by what's written in the Word. Because that's the only way faith can come. That's why if you're hungry for the things of God... And, and you begin to read the book of Acts and you see all the uh, stories there, illustrations of how people receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues. That's still for you today. Don't run to some preacher that don't believe in it who's been, uh, 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 who's prevented God from enduing him with power through his traditional unbelief to keep you from being endued with power. Just believe the Bible. Forget man. Praise God. So, so, If we're not walking in the Spirit, here it comes, we're not receiving grace. These are one and the same thing. This is one and the same thing. Only if you're walking in the Spirit, which means faith in the cross, it doesn't mean lighting a candle and starting to feel some weird way. That's charismaniac witchcraft. It, We've got a Bible, praise God. We don't need candles and the feelings and emotions. Thank God for feelings and emotions. I'm not preaching against that unless that's what you're faith in. Calling that a move of God. Uh, it's not a move of God. A move of God is the Holy Spirit quickening you, pointing you to truth so that He can lead you in truth and you can follow Him as He leads you in truth. Amen. Amen. You're not led by your feelings and emotions, and we don't live according to them. We live by faith, and that's according to God's Word. So if you're, if you're not, if you don't know how to walk in the Spirit, if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're not receiving grace either, because that's one and the same thing. I know we never hear statements like this, but we have a Bible. We can bear it out. Grace is only given to us, Galatians 2.21, through the death of Jesus. That's the only way grace comes. It's the only way righteousness comes. And that's for initial salvation or daily, the daily experience of our salvation. Only through faith in the death of Jesus. Initially and daily. You must deny yourself and take up your cross every day to be able to follow Jesus. Amen. So, if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're also not receiving grace. There's three things that happen synonymously when our faith is in the cross of Jesus Christ. Number one, you're walking in the Spirit. Number two, you're receiving grace. Number three, you're obeying the truth. And we could add a fourth one and probably a whole lot more, but you're being led of the Spirit. You're being led of the Spirit. He won't lead you to any object of faith other than the cross. He won't, the Holy Spirit will never lead you to something you have to do to be saved or you have to do to be sanctified or you have to do to, to bring forth the fruits of His righteousness. Christ has paid for all of that and simple faith gets you all of that. Amen. So, if you, if you read, uh, Verse 18, and I know we're skipping, we'll go back and cover it all, but it says, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's one of the most powerful scriptures in all the Bible for those who know the truth, which is Christ and Him crucified. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to a place where the flesh can function, which is under law. The Holy Spirit didn't write any of the books in the bookstore that tell you if you'll do these three things, God will deliver you from gambling, smoking, cussing, pouring, anything that's got you bound. The Holy Spirit had no part of those books. Because the Holy Spirit, look at it, if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Because He never leads under the law. He leads you out from under the law into grace, which is faith in the death of Jesus. 
If the message of the cross has gotten old to you and you think it's something that's just from the past, if that's where you started and you don't need it anymore, then you're very wrong. And you don't understand the Bible. You need the cross every day. That's like saying, uh, you know, that I, you know, and the people in the Old Testament would say, well, until all that happens, there ain't no need for my faith to be in it. It's no different from us today saying, well, that's already happened. There ain't no need for my faith to be in it. The cross, the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, the Son of God, Christ, is the only object of faith God has ever given man. He was never pleased with the blood of animals, the book of Hebrews says. Well, what was he pleased with? The faith they had in the promise coming, what he would do to fulfill all that, all that was written about. Jesus at the cross. If their faith wasn't in that, it didn't matter how many animals they killed. That was just them working. If your faith is not in the cross today, it don't matter how much you're doing. That's even written. God's not pleased with anything outside of faith, and that's the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave Himself for you. Not what you're calling faith. The true faith works only when it's placed in the cross. And the proof of that is, when you placed it there, God saved you. Amen. So, to know what it means to walk in the Spirit, we need to see where we began walking in the Spirit. And we did that, Galatians 3, 1 through 3. And you need to share these teachings with your friends. You need to, All of you who watch on YouTube, you need to share this on Facebook, share, share the YouTube channel. They need to hear these things. If, if, if you Listen, if you don't love them enough to share these things with them, then what you're walking in is questionable. Love shares the truth, rejoices in the truth. Hallelujah. So, notice, you can't, listen, these are things you can't separate. You can't separate walking in the Spirit from receiving grace, from obeying the truth. All three of those things happen all at the same When your faith is in the cross, you're being led of the Spirit, because that's the only place He'll lead you to place your faith. And when your faith is in the cross, God says you're obeying the truth. We read it in Galatians 3. It's pretty powerful. And you're also receiving grace. It's the only place you can receive grace. Now, a couple more things. We've got about 18 minutes, and I don't want to uh, leave anything out of what I have here in my notes. But uh, as we look back at Galatians chapter 3 again, and this is so important to look back, and you know, the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse, it was just letters. So, you know, the chapter and verses were added so we could find things better and study, uh, help us study better. But uh, if you look back at Galatians chapter 3, he calls them foolish Galatians. Foolish Galatians. That means they're not living by faith at the, at the moment. They, they've become foolish. You know, and, and God declares in Psalms 53, I believe it is, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart there's no God. Well, that's what lost people do. But here it is. Here's the factual case for us Christians. If we become foolish, it's because we're living as if there is no God. Because you can't express Him except through faith in the cross. You can't express Christ except through faith in the cross. The Bible teaches that any if you don't believe what I'm saying, all you've got is a form. And not the power. The power is the preaching of the cross. That's what the Bible says. We need to come back to just basic Bible believing. And when we have thoughts that would think, well, I know the Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God, but the resurrection was way more powerful than the cross. No, it wasn't. The cross was so powerful, it, it, it empowered Christ to be raised from the third, on the third day. You need to know that. The, the, the resurrection was powerful and, and had to happen. But it was just the declaration of the perfection of the sacrifice. The Bible doesn't say the preaching of the resurrection is the power of God. It doesn't say the resurrection is what took the power of death away from the devil. Resurrection power only is experienced in our lives. If we've been planted together, that means by faith, in the death of Jesus. Amen, Brother Curtis. So, notice here, Galatians 3, verse 1. 
Oh, foolish Galatians. So, so don't tell me that we can't step into a place where it's not foolish. Foolish is not silly and just acting silly. Oh, he's acting foolish. No, foolish is that you as a Christian living as if there's no God. And when we move away from the cross, we're playing make-believe now. You understand that? Make-believe is a powerful thing. Because there's spirits that are backing that make-believe, that which is false. So that's why people say, Brother Curtis, you can't tell me that this church it's not preaching the cross, that they don't feel the power of God. I'm telling you what they're feeling, if their faith is not in the cross, is just their feelings and emotions magnified. Because I've got a Bible to show me. I've got a Bible. They, they don't have a leg to stand on if they don't bring Scripture. And they don't ever bring Scripture. They live by their feelings. They live by their emotions. The cross, they're enemies of the cross. So, and I'm trying to get to a point here. Y'all keep holding me up. <coughs> Brother Keith said they're good at that. Holding me up. <coughs> so, and we're not going to run to... Fast away from this. The Lord, through Paul, never forget that, is calling the Galatians foolish. You're living now without the power of God. You've moved away from that place where I call you obedient to the truth. You've moved away from that place where you're no longer walking in the Spirit. You've believed these law keepers, these Judaizers, you believe these legalists, and, and, and you've become confused and, and, and envy and strife, and now you're biting and devouring, and, and you better be careful that you don't just consume, destroy one another. That's what happened. You're living as foolish. We can live as foolish. They were called foolish by God through Paul. Not just Paul. Run away from preachers that just say it was just Paul. It wasn't God. Run away from them. Get out of that church. Don't even call them and tell them bye. Just leave today. Anybody that rips pages out or tries to change the Word of God, you better get away from them. Because while they're taken away from the Word, God says their names are being taken out of His Lamb's book of life. Don't try to get real spiritual and, 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 and make stuff up about, up about that. If you take away from the Word, your name will be taken out of the Lamb's book of life. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Mm. So, look at Ephesians <coughs> chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. That's one of those words that did not get derived here in northeast Texas. It means diligent and perfect. Diligent, constant walk. And perfect. The only perfect place to walk is in the Spirit. The only perfect place to be is in Christ, abiding in Him. So walk circumspectly. That means diligently, per -perf perfectly, which can only happen if the Spirit is working in your life. And He can only work in your life if your faith is in the cross. If that wasn't the case, we don't need the book of Galatians. But he says, and I have it all caps here, not as fools. See, you and I can walk as fools. We're being told how to walk and not to walk. We have to be told what to do by God. We have a commander-in-chief. Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation. We're good soldiers in the last day army of God. Amen. We like those things, but when it comes to somebody telling me, commanding me, we're not real fond of that. Well, know this. The Lord doesn't give you options. He gives you commands. And here is one of those commands. See then that you walk circumspectly, diligently, per perfectly, not as fools, but as wise, verse 16 in Ephesians 5, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And when you see the word redeeming, redeemed, redemption, any form of redeem, you've got to go to Calvary because without it, you can't function in it. 
The redemption plan of God is all about the cross of Jesus Christ. And the only way to redeem the time is through what God did in His Son to redeem you. It's the answer not just for your ticket to heaven, but for your daily victory that you desperately need. Because if you're not careful, you'll begin to walk as fools. The church in Galatia became very confused. Envy and strife broke out. Confusion took over. And every evil work... Look, Listen, the devil and all his hordes of demonic influence are looking for somebody confused. That's why Mormons and Jehovah's Witness, when they knock on your door, all now this happens in the Spirit. When they knock on your door and that door is open and they talk with you the first few uh, seconds or minutes, they know, those spirits that are driving them to your house know if you're confused. When they see you're not confused and that your faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary, they are on the road again. But if you're confused about what you believe, they'll come in and bring all that evil in with them because they are evil. Anything is evil that doesn't point to Christ and the cross for salvation and daily victory. Anything is evil that's not pointing to Christ and His cross for daily and initial salvation. Anything, whatever it is, in the eyes of God, it's evil. That golden calf that they built with the jewelry they had, 55-0. Just 50 days after God, all those miracles He worked, brought them out of Egypt by blood on the doorpost. And 50 days later, they constructed a golden calf. <clears throat> and they said, come, let us worship the Lord tomorrow, for this is what brought us out. Of Egypt. Ain't no golden calf brought us nowhere. Ain't no government of twelve purpose driven. The, the, anything brought, the, what brought us out was the blood of Jesus. What'll keep us in victory is the blood of Jesus. Amen. I encourage you. Somebody's listening today saying, my Lord, I've never heard stuff like this. That's because you've been trapped in a house of confusion. You're in a house of confusion. Can I say to you today that just because you're among Christians doesn't mean that you're not among confused Christians. Where there is a melting pot, where the preachers get up and just tell the good stories of the Bible and don't point people to the cross, he's confused, so all they can be is confused. And every evil work is taking place in there. Malice and bitterness and envy and strife and and, and all that stuff is going on all week come to church and put on a praise God smile. Hallelujah. But when we leave, it's all over because that's all they've got is a church meeting and that ain't nothing. Not for them, it's not. Not if they're not preaching the cross is the only answer from God for all things. They're, they're confused. And if you're confused about that, then the Bible says every evil work is where you are. Well, I don't understand why this is going on. I don't understand why I just can't get ahead. I, I just can't ever break through. Come to the cross. It's your breakthrough. Come to the cross. It is your breakthrough. That Jesus and what He did at Calvary is your breakthrough. Not you giving more money. That's just you making some preacher rich in those churches like or paying the light bill or whatever it's doing. But your breakthrough ain't coming, my friend, till you come to Calvary. Even if somebody tells you, that's your breakthrough right there. Oh, we'll believe anything if we're not believing the cross. Mm, powerful. So, I wanted to point these two scriptures out. Time together, Galatians 3, chapter 1, chapter 3, verse 1. The Lord calling them foolish Galatians because they're not any longer obeying the truth. Doesn't mean they weren't doing other things that had a form, but they weren't obeying the truth. And that's important. If you're not obeying the truth, which is walking in the Spirit, and that's why we're bringing these other Scriptures in, because walking in the Spirit is equated with obeying the truth, receiving grace, being led of the Spirit. Amen. And listen, you can't... Let me tell you something, preacher. I know you're watching today, so listen carefully. You can't just assume the people's faith is in the cross, because most of them it's not. 
If that's not what's being preached, if that's not all you want to, if that's not what you're determined to know and nothing else, if that's not what you're relating the Scriptures in the light of Jesus who is the light and what He did at Calvary that allowed the light to come on and stay on in our lives, then you're just assuming that's where their faith is? No, their faith is in what you're preaching. And if you're not preaching the Word in the light of Calvary, their faith is not in Calvary. And if their faith is not in the cross, then their faith can't really be in the Word. It's quiet when I say that. But the cross is what makes the, the light come on to the Word, not anything else. Praise God. I'm glad I know that today. And anybody that disagrees, you know what? They, they won't ever send an email. They won't ever call. They won't ever come and see me. They just, they just disagree and go tell everybody he's a nut. Stay away from that church. But they, but th- th- those people never give scripture. They just give opinion. They just give traditional thoughts. Think about that. So, and then, and then Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, oh foolish Galatians. I, I like, see, I like to do this. I'm just going to show you. My notes. This is how I study. I have a line drawn from old foolish Galatians down to Ephesians 5 and 15. See that you don't walk circum, or that you do walk circumspectly, which is diligently, and in that perfect walk, which is faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit performing that work in you that He began, amen, not as fools. We can walk as fools. If our faith is not in the cross, we're walking as fools. You might be claiming Christ. I watch uh, Fox News every once in a while, and, and, and I hear them all the time talking about they're Christians. And I hear these people talking about they're Christians. Let me tell you something. The only people that are Christians are people who have their faith in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. <clears throat> You are not a Christian if you're trusting in the Pope. You're not a Christian if you're confessing your faults to men for forgiveness. Now, I don't mean doing them wrong and telling them you're sorry. I'm talking about if you go to a man so that God will forgive you, that's not Christianity. I'm not fooled by that. You know, I'm not fooled by that just because a, a relative or a good friend may have fallen prey to that. It's not going to change my mind. A lot of people today, their faith is not what it should be. So when their child comes home and says, I'm gay, then the parents move off into it with them. They call it love. Well, I'm just going to love them. Listen, loving them don't mean you've become okay with sin. Loving them means you tell them that's not right in the eyes of God. That's an abomination. Listen, that's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. And when they tell you, who are you to judge? Say, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I have God's words of judgment right here. Righteous judgment. I have the word of God. Amen. Powerful. But they like to say, you're, you're, you're condemning me. No. You're going to stand before the one one day who's going to condemn you unless you repent and accept Christ as your Savior. He will deliver you from anything and everything. Praise God. I know the days will come again. It's already happened once in the past. It'll come again where they begin to persecute the church who stands for righteousness. And it's because of righteousness that the world, even when Jesus reigns for a thousand years from Jerusalem, and grapes and tomatoes are bigger than we could have ever imagined, and there's no weapons being made, it's a time of perfect peace. But but all of a sudden, at some point after a thousand years, Satan is going to be released from that bottomless pit, and the Bible says he's going to be able to draw as many people as there are sands on the seashore again. That means almost everybody again. Because we just don't like righteousness. What we do, we'll say we like right if it's in our own eyes. But righteousness is not just what's right. It's what's right in God's eyes. And God's eyes, the way He sees what's righteous, we better find it. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The way He 
sees that grace is found. Not the way we make up that grace is found. Amen? The Judaizers rushed into the church, and if you want the grace of God, you got to get back, you got to keep the law, you got to get circumcised. And the, the few people that were being pulled that way, it caused a split. It caused biting and, and devouring and, 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 a, and, a, and a beginning of consuming. You understand that today? The message of the cross is the only message that can put a stop to all that. When we get up and preach on love, if it's not about the cross, then we're really just preaching love and uh, emotions and feelings. And after church, we'll mope over and say, I really do love you, you know, I just that message, I do love you, you know. And then you'll go home and two or three days later, you'll be right back where you were because that feeling won't carry you far. And it really didn't do anything for you anyway. Just put you in some action. We love you, that's why we teach what we teach. And there are many that watch, and uh, and I thank God for you. I ask you to help support this ministry with your prayers, with your finances. You can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com. Help us put the truth on the table for the world to see and a backslidden church to see to be able to come home back to faith and grace. We love you. Until next week, God bless you. And stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.